0: You are listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Hey, thanks for listening to Worshipology. This is a podcast geared towards worship leaders, worship teams, and worshipers of Jesus. And this is the first podcast of a brand new year, 2023. I couldn't think of a better way to kick it off than talking to my main dude, Dustin Smith. What's up, man? What's up, bro? (laughs) Man, we just came out of a crazy Christmas season. I know it was wild for you guys at Hope you see and uh, so much stuff to talk about today but uh man for those who are listening i'm sure you've heard dustin before he's been on the podcast a few different times pastor songwriter uh worship leader man dustin tell us what have you been up to lately bro
1: oh man well obviously christmas season for the <laughs> For the <laughs> church is like, oh man, this is like, uh, I feel like I walked all the way to Bethlehem. So nice. uh, it's been, it's been awesome though, man. Just, you know, it's interesting just cause we, we took these last two weeks off, obviously as a staff and, and mm-hmm. it just everybody be with their families and really going after making sure people are with their families, you know? Yeah. And trying to get everybody with the storms and all that kind of stuff, just trying to get everybody where they needed to go. But it's been actually a great it's been an amazing season. So just yeah, being you guys able got to, hit
0: pretty hard with the storms, didn't you? Like icing over, flights cancelled left and right.
1: Yeah, it wasn't as bad. We got just freezing cold. I mean, the mm-hmm. first night, you know, it dropped down to, it was like negative seven wind chill or something, but you know, my, my boys came downstairs and wanted to get in a hot tub. That's just my boys. So <laughs> I love. we it. did. And my kid's hair completely froze solid standing up. It was amazing. So, uh, dude, I
0: drained our hot tub like a week before it froze up here and everybody was like, that's the best time to get in. And I just can't. <laughs> In my head, I can't fathom being in a hot tub while your hair is freezing like icicles. Like, it's I, I don't, incredible. That doesn't compute.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. You should try it sometime. And then just jump right, out one time right. and make snow angels. And oh, my goodness. It'll change your life.
0: I'm going to pass on that one, man. Yeah. Mine well, looked well, dude, more
1: like a snow hippopotamus, but it's. <laughs> it's
0: I still got it done. <laughs> well, let, let's let's talk about this for a minute, because you just you just mentioned, you know, like I mean, I think it's so important. I think a lot of church staffs are probably taking this last week of 2022 off and just really focusing on family. But that seems to be like a recurring theme in your ministry and how you guys do church at Hope. You see, um, and it's interesting, Dustin. Man, like I was just kind of praying over the new year, and the word family really came to my spirit. And I feel like this is a year where God wants to restore family. Um, he wants to, you know, highlight the family back in our culture, in churches and talk about how you guys approach that at hope. You see how you do that personally, even in your songwriting. I mean, I love that song that you talk about as for me and my house will serve the Lord. Um, family is such a big part of who you are. Talk about that for a minute, man.
1: Yeah. Well, man, I've, you know, I've been in church my whole life, so it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's been a, sometimes the biggest blessing and sometimes the biggest frustration, but you know, part <laughs> of it, I realized some of the frustration wasn't necessarily, I mean, you know, no matter where you go, no matter what job you have, there's frustration. So whatever you're doing, you know, mm-hmm. so you can't act like, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to quit doing ministry and never have another problem. It doesn't make sense. But <laughs> I think part of the issue for me was like, we've just been really good at teaching people how to do church services and it doesn't always carry over into the home. And, Mm. and honestly, we've made it almost impossible for people to carry it into the home. So, you know, it's not that I don't want professional and I don't want amazing. I love, I, I actually love lights. I love smoke. I don't think God's against that. If it's something that can, you know, highlight stuff and help us, but it, you know, when it becomes the focus, it's not real life. And so, you know, when you get a a dad and you're like, Hey, are you praying over your son? You know? And, and I've asked even recently had asked some dads who have been in church their whole lives. And I ask them like, do you pray over your family each night? Do you pray over your kids? Do you? And they're like, Oh, no, not really. You know? And like, but we've made, prayer professional thing, you know, and we've made worship a professional thing. So when they go home, they don't have a whole band sitting in their room. So I'm, I'm not against, you know, I think the hard thing is there's usually a knee jerk reaction where we like, we, we say the first, you know, we need to take all that stuff away. We need it. It's like, no, but you do need to do something where you help people carry this outside of those walls into their home? And can they do what you do on a Sunday in their home? Not a church service, you know, like, can they, can they lead their kids in reading the word? And so you got some guys, who are like, well, I don't know the word. I'm just going to rely on the pastor. And you're like, that's just, that's not scriptural, you know, Mm. mothers and fathers like impress upon your children, you know, and raise them up. And we've allowed the church to raise them up. And then a lot of them don't want to come because they didn't see it for in real life in their home. and so it wasn't real to them you know it's like just something we do on the outside and so for me like i don't really want a revival of church services i think i think we did it backwards you know where it's like we all come together and god moves here but he's not moving in our homes and i you know my thing is like i want our kids to remember god moved in our houses and then we all got together and it was like an explosion uh, you know, of, of yeah, God yeah. moving because we had all been doing this all week long in our homes. And and I even think, you know, even when I say that, it's difficult because what would we do in our homes? You're just going to carry over, like you're going to preach a message, <laughs> you're going to take an offering, you're going to, I mean, I'd right, like to right. take an offering in my own home, it'd be really nice, but,
0: and... Get the kids but, to give.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, they should be giving into this thing. And, uh, That's right. but I think the problem with it is, is is we've, we've almost conditioned ourselves so much, we're not even asking god do you like this anymore you know do you want do wow. you want this and and so it's not a problem of having the big services i love them and i you know mm-hmm. you can pull off multiple services and all that. i love it but one of the things for us well we're you know we're only 3 years old so i didn't have to turn a ship i didn't i didn't adopt somebody else's baby so you know right, in right. this this is something we birthed and so from the beginning you know one sunday a month we go into homes and people mm-hmm. are like you know, that's going to be really difficult. You can't not have a service one Sunday. You know, what do people show up and all this stuff? <laughs> and we we have somebody here, and sometimes we'll have 40, 50 people just show up and, you know, not from our church. But, you know, we started out with about 12 homes and now we're, we're, we average 24 homes. We're about 24 homes now. Wow. And we'll Amazing. have, you know, 30, 40. Sometimes we have a couple groups with 60, but we're trying to figure that out. And, but they, <laughs> they multiply. And so, You know, once a month, we're in homes together. And some people Mm -hmm. are like, we could not do that. We could not cancel service. Well, that's fine. But don't just do a life group. Like, you know, people call it a life group. But like, actually, just invite some people over to your house Sit around yeah. a table and talk about the things of God, you know? Uh, I was reading a book, psychology book, and it, is, it I think it was The War on Boys. There were two of them. I run them right mm. next to each other. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. But um, it was interesting because it said the number one way to overcome depression, anxiety, um, even uh, poor grades, and this is all dealing with kids, uh, mm-hmm. how to over, the number one way to overcome it, family dinners.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that.
1: Bro, that like, so for us as a church, like, we'd almost ignore that stuff. And we're just like, you know, just get them in Sunday school, get them in church, get them in.
0: Right. The problem
1: right. is, is like, they're so, they're so information inundated. So it's all about information, not transformation. And transformation doesn't just happen by you sitting in a room listening to somebody talk, you know? Yeah. It happens by us doing it, going for a walk, you know? Mm. And I think in this new year, God's going to restore. He. You know, Malachi says, "I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers to sons, sons of the fathers." He doesn't say, "I'm going to create fathers and create sons." He wow. says, "I'm going to turn their hearts towards each other."
0: Dude, let me pause you right there because I'm in the middle. Of, I'm about two chapters away from finishing this book by Chris Valadin called "Uprising." I don't know if you've heard oh, it's of incredible. it. Incredible! Oh yeah! It's oh my incredible. gosh! And and he makes it really clear that just at large, there is a war on not just toxic masculinity and and we don't need to get into that, but, but masculinity, like there's a war on men and, and, and taking away. Um, I mean, and you read throughout scripture and you got these, I mean, David and his mighty man, you look at, you know, warriors all throughout the old Testament and then you got like Jesus and his disciples and they're camping out and they're, they're fishermen and zealots. And I mean, they're just, it's very clear that like, there's no, Christianity that takes away masculinity, but it just redefines it through the lens of Jesus and His love for His disciples. And I mean, as a worship leader, songwriter, artist, pastor, how do you, within the family context, not shy away from, hey, guys, like let's not lose that fire to be the shepherds of our homes. And I mean, just talk about that for a second, because I know you've got sons, and you do it so well.
1: Yeah, I I think for me, you know, it's it's actually becoming aware again you know i think it's hard because i've watched men um just they're it's almost like we just we're continually just boys where it's Mm. like you know i I know 50 year olds and it's, it's sitting around playing video games but they don't realize their daughter's sitting in their in their bedroom by themselves with depression they haven't even looked wow. in their eyes you know wow and and it's important for us I, I i heard a quote uh one of the guys at our church sent me one it said most men are like trees they have grown up but not down and Ooh. and and the down part is the roots and it's and it's what makes mm. you feel grounded and my thing is is like you know i think most of these men and and I'm not going off on men. I think women, I think, you know, the hard part is, is when we don't find those roles of masculinity and and femininity, I think it's hard because we have to actually make up for it, you know? So women, women have to make up for the lack of men showing up. And so they've had to take on characteristics and they've had to do some things. So this isn't really just, you know, a knock on men or on women. It's just like, just trying to find the right spot of what God has called us to be and who he's called us to be and looking at scripture define that but one of the things for me is like I'll watch men I'll, I'll be in their homes and I watch them during a football game and they are just over the top <laughs> I mean some of them are standing up yelling and going and then I watch them in church and their hands are in their pockets you know they're yeah. kind of checked out and I'm thinking like you know they would say well I'm not a singer I'm not a yeah but you are a participator you didn't play in that game either Ooh. you know and 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 you act like you're a part of the team. You're like, oh man, we lost. Like you didn't lose. You were on couch, bro. Like you ate nachos <laughs> the entire game. You didn't play. But they but they they were engaged, so they felt like a part. Then they don't understand why when they come into church, you know, we're like, come on, let's lift up our hands. And it's like, wow. I, don't, I don't have to do that. And you're like, no, you don't. But you also didn't have to jump off a couch for a football game. You also didn't have to spend hours watching the World Cup, you know. You also wow. didn't, have to, you didn't have to spend money going out to eat. And then when they take the offering, you put nothing in the offering. And it just shows wow. importance. I mean, worship is the revealing of worth. Like, Mm -hmm. so, so your worth, the worth is revealed through a response and our kids watch our response all week long. And then we get in church and they watch our response and they basically Mm -hmm. say like, this is not that important to them. No matter how much we talk about it being important, you don't have any investment. You, you have not revealed its worth. You don't give it time. You don't give it energy. You don't give it money because, oh, I don't want to you know, I don't think they're going to treat the money right. I'm not. Yeah, but the, the, that's not the point. God's looking at you and saying, yeah, that's going to be on them. If they don't treat the money right, that's on them. But for you, what are you doing? What are you doing with it? You know, And I think then it, it will carry over into the home because then it's going to say, yeah, I believe the Bible is so important. And the kid's going to be like, I've never seen you read the Bible at home. Wow. You know, like, what are we going to do with that? you know, like, yeah, I've, yeah. Ne- I've, I've never, I've never seen you worship at home. You've never challenged us. You never, you don't pray for our families. So you can't tell me prayer is so important because the things that you think are important, you know, which I, I love, like, you know, I'm going to go see a movie or something with my kids. And and honestly, mm. like, I'm going to, I'm going to spend, I don't even talk about it. You know, you're going to spend a hundred <laughs> bucks just to get into the movie and right, then right, right. Pop, popcorn, which I know is like, 50 cents is going to cost me 20 bucks. And yeah, but yes. I didn't I didn't do it because the movie was worth it. I did it because my kids are worth. You know, like I want to wow. I value time with my kids. So it wasn't about the mm. movie, it was about time and it was about getting it with them. And so in the church, you know, like why do I give? Because I want to reveal God's worth, not because I about money, it's not about money. It's about his worth. Why do I lift yeah. my hands when I don't feel like it? Why do I sing when I'm not a good singer, you know? It's actually more wow. powerful if you're not a good singer and you sing
0: you know (laughs) it's definitely a sacrifice of praise then oh
1: yeah man but you and i like you know we sing that's what we do we we -hmm, love to sing mm -hmm. but people expect it because we love it you know but those who don't uh, love it it's actually more of like whoa this is important to them you know it's it's an act of obedience yeah Yeah, it's,
0: it's so wild because i think you're so right in the fact of like you know, when, when you just model that for your kids and showing them what's important. So, you know, you're taking your kids, your sons and your daughters to church and, you know, you're kind of stoic, you're disengaged, that definitely conveys something. But there is something about a passionate father worshiping, a passionate mother worshiping, and their kids see that. And you don't even have to like teach a five-point message on worship, just them seeing your action, just them seeing your passion, they catch it. And I've been noticing that in my kids, who are, I mean Moses is eight years old, Nora, Nora's 10 now, and I'm just playing piano in our in our living room the other night, and she comes in and starts singing hymns with me, yeah. unprovoked. I didn't have to sing anything. And, and I think that's so interesting. You know, you referenced Malachi 4, 6, that talks about the, the, the heart of the fathers going back to the sons and the heart of the sons to their fathers. And this verse has popped up in probably three or four different books that I've read in the last couple of months. I think it's, you know, when, when God kind of like highlights something, he's going to show it to you over and over again. And there's something about this verse that I don't think we've quite caught. And I just want to get your thoughts on it. Like, what does it mean for the hearts of the fathers to turn back to their sons and for the hearts of their sons to turn back to their fathers. And what are we missing in our culture right now? Not just at large, but in the church, how do we live this out in the everyday, especially when it comes to worshiping as a family unit?
1: Well, I think it's going to take each side seeking each other out. You know, I I, wow. I listened to, I want to say it was, uh, AB Bernard. He, he was here in Nashville and, It was really interesting because he's in New York, New York City, and and has been a prominent, you know, pastor. And Mm -hmm. he said something I thought was really interesting. He said you know what god is doing with this generation is he's he said he's accelerating their growth at an incredible rate he said they're accomplishing more in 10 years than we accomplished in 30 and he said the problem is their wow. character has not stayed up with their success so mm. they're falling they're having problems he said the problem is is he said my generation basically made a statement that said we're going to preach our own funerals None of you are ever going to, you know, we're going to preach. We're going to be the ones in the pulpit. We're going to be. Wow. And he's like, so he said, when we want to go speak into their lives about their character, they won't listen to us because we've already proven we're about ourselves, not about them. Mm. And he said there's going to take some repentance from from a group of pastors who are basically saying like, I repent for being somebody who didn't want to champion sons and wow. and sons sons have to repent of being ones who don't look you know to honor fathers and those Mm -hmm. who've gone before us. And it's going to take both sides of it. And I think even for me, you know, one of the things that I do in our church is, you know, I'm trying not to create a seniors group. It doesn't make sense. Like (laughs) I want, I want grandmas and grandpas, mothers and fathers. And I'm, and when I mentor a younger guy, I tell that younger guy, you need to find somebody in this church that is in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and you need to find somebody that has a, a marriage that you would want when you're 67 or 80. Somebody wow. who has done things, and you need to sit with them and do not tell them all about yourself. You need to sit and ask them questions. Then I'm talking to the older ones and I'm telling some of them: these guys want you in their lives. You got to break off this thing that they don't want you. So some of you are going to need to pursue some of them and not say, "I want to mentor you," but say, "Hey, I'll." Love right. to take you out to dinner and hear about hear about your life and hear. So it wow. takes it's gonna take both sides. But I think you know that scripture actually comes into fulfillment with the with the turning part. And I think you and I having this conversation about it tells us mm. it's turning. You know, wow. now we have to act on it. You can't just be a hero of the word, you gotta be a doer of the word. So yeah. I'm a, I'm I'm a guy right now who is actively seeking out men who I want speaking into my life. And yeah. and they're older men. They're men who yeah. have been been there, been accomplished, have fought the fight. And girls in the same way, you know. Find some women mm-hmm. who can speak into your life, and women find some young girls. I mean, you know, you'd say, yeah. well, they don't want anything to do with me, and that's not true. When you show interest in somebody, they remember that stuff. You know, mm. I remember, I I, I remember grandmas. Uh, we we called them all grandmas that would just give us candy when we went to church, you know? <laughs> right, they always right. had candy. They always had five bucks or something, you know? Oh, I and, remember those. Yeah. Right? But there's something about it where they have the right to speak into my life. And they would come up to me. And some of the things that I don't realize I'm living now were because they they didn't even realize they were prophesying it. What wow. they were doing was they were planting seeds in me and they were telling me like, even at 10 years old, like, you have a great anointing on your life. When you sing, like something happens inside mm. of me. And I didn't realize they were planting seeds. So they weren't, they weren't concerned about the immediate. They knew this was a long road, and they knew wow. they probably wouldn't be on the road with me when it was happening. But they wow. took the time to plant seeds into me at a young age. And, and to me, honestly, that's worship. That's the revealing yeah. of God's worth by taking time with somebody else and helping them see themselves how
0: heaven sees them. Wow. Wow. That's so good right there. If worship is revealing God's worth and God calls each and every one of us his valued child, dude, you're on to something right there. And I think there's something so key about, you know. All of us, we need somebody pouring into our lives, but also all of us need to find somebody. Maybe we're a little bit further down the tracks of faithfulness and following Jesus that we can pour into, and you're so right. Like I think think what makes a lot of people pause, and maybe they're fearful of mentoring or discipling one another, and you don't even need to call it that. Like you said, it's just, hey, let's go grab coffee and talk about life, talk about Jesus. But I think what, what pauses people is like what you just said. So often we think, oh, they don't want to hear what I have, or I have nothing valuable to impart. And I think there's something, Dustin, in just the time spent with somebody else. I mean, I'm I'm of the belief that time is our most valuable currency because you don't get any of it back. And when you sit with somebody for 30 minutes or an hour over coffee, over lunch, and you just, hey, how are you doing? I think yeah. in this day and age, bro, like there is so little of that that it even yep. counts extra. And I think because of what you've already talked about, how, you know, you know, the dinner table is the greatest way to crush anxiety and depression and all the things that our culture is facing. But we're so hurried. Um, another great book, and I I feel like I've thrown out a couple of books, but the book Um From Tablet to Table by Leonard Sweet. Oh my oh, goodness. Great book. Yeah, and great he talks book. about how, you know, Back in the 60s and 70s, you know, it would take 30 minutes to prepare a meal, 30 minutes to sit down and eat it, 30 minutes to clean up afterwards. And all of that was done as a family. So by the time you get done with your meal, quote unquote, you've spent two hours together and you got to imagine how many conversations happen, especially in the day and age pre cell phones, you know. And yep. you're just, you're getting to know one another and there's such an identity that comes at the table. And I think we've got to recapture that as families and as churches, man. And you guys do that. Hope you see, uh, I, I know that you guys do the, the one Sunday a month with, with the house churches and you're meeting in homes. And I think there's something so key to that. But even in your, 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 your Sunday gatherings, don't you guys do have, you have some sort of like a family service? Talk about that for a little bit.
1: Yeah. So the first Sunday of every month, we do everybody together. So kid, we don't mm. have kids ministry that day and we just cram in one room. <laughs> and <clears throat> honestly... Like, it was crazy at first, you know, because it's, you know, it's noise. It's, there's kids, it's little kids, it's babies, it's, you know, but, you know, I started telling our church, like when you, when you have people over for, you know, family dinners, big family dinners, Thanksgiving or whatever, you always got crazy uncle Larry, you know, you got, you know, (laughs) you got all the little kids running around. You're like, can everybody calm down for just a minute, you know? And, (laughs) but, but it's, you know, it's, we don't, when it's not like we're yelling at the kids like, hey you need to sit and be quiet because we're all trying to, you know, pay attention to one person speaking. And, right. um, and, and in this room, you know, we tell them like w- we want to do our best to honor each other and not be crazy, you know, not have it crazy.
0: And, mm. but,
1: but at the same time, like some, some the noise of children, like, sh- should be a great noise for us, you know? And wow. parent kids should see parents worshiping sometimes in a corporate setting, you know? And they sh- they should get to experience what we experience. There's no junior Holy Spirit, you know? So, mm. like, how, how do we walk this together? And we try to, you know, we don't try to make the Sunday necessarily like a, you know, like a, a children's church kind of thing. But right. we do try to make it a little bit more interactive, and we do get some of the kids... Leaders involved because the kids know them. And then the adults actually get to know who's leading their kids, you know? And, but part of it for us is like, we do this as a family and we want it to be a family. And so Mm -hmm. the first Sunday of every month, we're all together. And then weeks two and three, and when there's five weeks, weeks four, we, we, you know, they have kids' ministry and we do that that. And then the last Sunday of every month, we meet in homes. But part of it, you know, it's really not about, you know, us just doing a family service or something like that. It's about trying to change the way people think about church and try to help them know, like you have sat in a room as an observer for too long and you've listened to messages that we haven't put into practice. You know, we become comfortable with it where we sit in rows. I call it shut up, sit down, memorize, repeat, you know, and we (laughs) think it's, it's, it's the Western education model, you know? And it, and it, and it what it does is it says if you can memorize everything I say and repeat it like I say it, you'll get an A in the class. Well, I didn't mm. get A's in class because I was I didn't have I had a hard time staying still, and yeah. I had you know and for me like I could memorize information, but I wanted to know why, and they didn't like the questions why, <laughs> they want you know, and the problem is is like true discipleship. Will not sit everyone in rows and lecture them all the time. It will demand a response. So mm. you know Jesus walks up and he doesn't go, "Hey, everybody's sit in rows. I'm going to teach you some stuff for three years." Right, right. He goes, "Hey," he said, "Hey, you want to go for a walk?" And then wow. then I'm I'm going to show you some things. And as I show you some things, then I'm going to tell you your turn. And the problem nice. is, some people even listen to this have been in church twenty years and they've never heard. Jesus say your turn they've just mm. sat around waiting for somebody else to do it waiting for somebody else to pray for their kids waiting for somebody else to get everybody saved waiting for somebody else to worship waiting waiting for their chance to get on a stage and I'm like the world is your stage wow. the, the, the the your your classroom is your stage the police you know precinct that you work at is your stage like mm. your home is your stage and if you can't do it at your home, you know, and we can't, wow. we can't carry this message in our home. How can we carry it anywhere else? And if we have been in church 20 years, how are we not carrying this into our homes? And so right. there has to be an awakening for all of us, you know, that this is not a gospel. The good news is not a gospel that you get to sit around in a building listening to people talk about Jesus until you someday just get to go to heaven. Jesus said this, pray like this, you know, mm-hmm. your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means you get to participate in heaven now and it mm-hmm. gets to be something that flows through you. And he, Jesus said, those who believe in me will have rivers of living water pouring from their bellies. That's heaven. That's heaven. Like there's a wow. river of living water that gets to pour out of us, and I think it shuts down when we go into our home. And I mm. think we're we become almost embarrassed. I don't know enough of the word. It's like, well, if you would if you would just start getting into it, you don't have to have all the answers. Your kids aren't looking for you to have all the answers. Your kids are looking for you to be a participator in something that wow. you say is valuable. You know? That's so good. Any, obviously I'm ranting now, but
0: no, it's it's so good because I think it's something we're missing. We're missing that. And one of my mentors, Steve Pike, he just told me uh, not too long ago, he said, look, discipleship doesn't happen in rows. It happens in circles. And I think I think that's one of the coolest things to remember that as you're at the dinner table, looking each other in the eye, like I don't think we're going to get the end of our life and be like, man, I wish that I would have eaten one more dinner around the TV. Or, you know, yeah. I wish I wish I would have had that one more meal in the car on my way to something else that's not going to produce any fruit in my life. I think yeah. we're probably going to say, man, I wish we would have done a lot more dinners around the table. I yeah. wish I would have yep. taken the time to get to know somebody a little bit better. And I yep. think when you reclaim that in your homes, it pours out into your churches. And I think there's something so beautiful about just the I don't have to have all the answers right now, but I'm with you. and yep. And more and more... And we've said it before, more and more, that just conveys so much worth and value to somebody. It's your presence. It's your attention. Yeah. It's your time. It's it's the energy that you put into that. You yeah. know, Dustin, we're, we're, we've been talking a lot about family, dude. And one of the things that, before we hit record, I, I really wanted to get your, your thoughts on, and maybe this is like, I, I feel like God has already just done so much in this conversation, but, you know, this is the first podcast of the year. A lot of people will approach a new year and they're going to have like, you know, a verse of the year or a word for the year. I don't know if that's what you do, uh, but I would love to get in your head for a little bit and just ask you, like, how do you approach a new year um, as a dad, as a pastor, as a songwriter, a worship leader? How do you approach a new year? What are the prayers you're praying right now? And what do you feel like the Holy Spirit has been revealing to you specifically as we start a new year?
1: Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I mean, the new year for me is it. It doesn't really, you know. I don't. I guess I don't really think of it. I know the new beginnings and all that kind of stuff. And you know, for me, you mean you're not you're not
0: quoting (laughs) new creation over and over right now.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. And well, I realize (laughs) God doing a new thing. God does not live by our calendar, so it's not (laughs) it's not a new new year for him. But no, I I I do like it though because what it does. No January
0: first in heaven.
1: Yeah right. Well, and they and you hear things like you know spring cleaning. Well, that it right. helps you at least identify something for you that's needed. But I, you know, I would say I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna preach. I'm actually not gonna preach. I heard Carrie Neuhu and I thought it was so good. Um, just don't do your your. You know, if you got something for the year, you know, do it closer to February. Just because the beginning of the year, people are getting. They're not back into school yet. They're trying to get right. settled. All this stuff. And but you know, for me there's two things that I feel like that I'm going to carry into our services in this next month. Number one is I feel like God's saying, um, declutter, you have to declutter this year. And, Mm. and the decluttering, you know, I was, I've, I went, I'm in my garage today. When I get done with this, I'm be back in my garage and I'm cleaning out our garage. And because I looked against the wall and we moved into this house seven years ago, this, this month. And, Wow. We built the house. It was a new house. And when we moved into it, you know, I carried a bunch of stuff with me from my old house. And a lot of it is memories. A lot, some of it's junk. And as I, I looked the other day and I have a row of boxes that have been sitting against the wall for seven years. And I felt, I really, and this is, I think this is a, you know, it's a physical thing, but I think it's a spiritual thing too. You know, the hard thing is when you hold on to a bunch of that stuff, it's not that it's bad or it's wrong, but it doesn't make room for the new things.
0: Yep. And, and
1: the hard thing is a lot of people, you know, they think even they're going to get in, they're going to try to figure out like, oh man, I need to lose weight this year. I'm gonna make a new year's resolution and, and I'm going to get, I need to get into that gym or I get it. The problem is, is you find out the gym isn't the issue. Not having a gym is not the issue. Not having workout equipment is not the issue. Discipline Mm. is the issue, Mm. you know? And, and part of it is I haven't made room for it. You know, So it's like my life is just as busy because I didn't pause and make this important. And I felt the Lord say, before you take this step into this new thing, you have to declutter and you're going to have to get rid of some stuff that might still be important to you in your heart. And some people are holding on to some old things. They're holding on to old dreams. They're holding on to things. But sometimes those dreams that God gave you was just to position you for a new thing. It wasn't necessarily about that thing, you know, Mm. it was actually, he just needed you. And some of you wouldn't be where you were at if you didn't have that dream in the first place. And you're like, well, the dream wasn't fulfilled. And you're like, maybe it was, maybe that was the whole purpose of getting you where you needed to be. And, you know, and maybe the dream, you know, for Joseph, you know, when he's called to interpret the dream, maybe it was never about dreaming. Maybe it's just because God needed him to be second in command of a nation to rescue a people. Right. It right. wasn't about the dreams. The dream was the key to the door, you know? Mm. And I think sometimes we have cluttered our minds and our hearts so much with things that are keeping us stuck. And wow. and you and I can't even think about getting new things into that garage that could really help our family and benefit us because I have a bunch of old stuff that actually isn't really anything. <laughs> I'm going through it and there's very few things, you know, out of an entire box the other day, I pulled out one piece of paper and it was a note that I found that my dad wrote to me when I was in college and wow. my dad passed away, you know, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And so like, mm. that's valuable, but you know how much space that piece of paper takes up? Right. Very, I, that, go. you know, where that went, that went upstairs in my drawer. So you wow. know what? An entire box I could throw away, and, but it's been sitting there for seven years because I thought mm. there were important things in it. And the problem is I, ne- I just didn't deal with it. And now I'm having to deal with it. And you know what happens? It gets messier first. And there's wow. some messy things we got to take care of this month before he can walk us into the new thing, which means probably won't get going until probably February, you know? But the, <laughs> for me, what I feel like the Lord's telling us and, and, um, and this has been, it's a, it's a long journey. So it's not just about a new year, but it yeah. is about. It is about the journey and the season we're in. I think it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. But in Jeremiah, it says, uh, you know, look, return and look for the ancient path. You stand at a crossroads and you Mm -hmm. need to find that ancient path again. And it's it's really, I think, important for us, uh, you know, because when you stand at a crossroads and look – he says ask for the ancient paths ask where the good way is and walk in it wow. and you will find and you will find rest for your souls and mm. i think that you know the ancient path is something uh, this is the thing for me on an ancient path i think it's difficult because in a world of of speed and pace and accomplishment you know some of us would say like look at me man like i ran 20 miles today and when you look over you realize yeah but you're on a treadmill <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. that you for twenty miles, you have nothing to show for it, except mm. look at me. I'm stronger. Look at me. I'm better. And you're like, yeah, but you haven't gone anywhere. And 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 this world has us on a treadmill, and we're not mm. walking an ancient path. None of us want to go out for a walk with God. None of us want to go out for a walk with each other. We don't have time for it because I got to prove something with my look at me, man. Look at this. I'm at a nine incline at nine miles per hour. It's like, oh man, I could never do that. And then, <laughs> and and then. And you know what happens? I leave. I go out for a walk. I go get some stuff done. In an hour, they did that for an hour, and they're like, "Man, I burned twelve hundred calories, and I walked thirty thousand steps." You know, and wow. you're like, "Yeah, but in that time, I actually walked to a park." You know, mm. I actually, I actually took a walk with my wife. I actually so like I actually did a lot less miles than you did. I went a lot slower than you did, but I actually went somewhere. Wow. And yeah. I think we have to stop for a second and say like, you're at a we're at a crossroads right now. Here's, here's the problem. You know, my dad, my dad got, uh, was diagnosed with cancer and in mm-hmm. 2020, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, it actually ended up being one of the biggest blessings in my life because my dad was in Knoxville and I called my dad and I said, would you, would you want to come and just spend a week with me? Mm. And he's like, I'd love that, but I can't drive or anything. And I was like, that's all right. I'll, I'll come pick you up. So I drove to Knoxville four hours away, picked him up, drove him back to my house. And we did that the entire, <clears throat> probably for about six months, every other week, I would go pick him up and drive yeah. him four hours. And because the pandemic was happening, we couldn't meet, we couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And so I got to sit down with my dad on a back patio and mm. just him and I, that we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and we would just talk. And he said things to me that are defining what I'm doing right now. And some of the things he said, he doesn't even realize that he said, you know, and Mm -hmm. the hard thing is, is like, is it going to take another pandemic to get some of you to slow down for a minute? Right. You know, like we shouldn't need a pandemic Mm just to get us to slow down for a minute and enjoy our families. and. And some people are at such a fast pace, and they want to prove something with their business. And I was like, yeah, but the ancient path is not necessarily a fast path. It doesn't mean we don't run. It doesn't mean we don't get further at times. But it means the ancient path is basically like a path of prayer. It's a path of seeking God. It's a path of worship. It's a path of family. And and so don't get lost in the in the run of today, you know, wow. and, and miss out on this ancient path that God has for us to really, I'd even use the word meditate, which some people would hate that, but that's a scriptural (laughs) word. And, and to even to be able to stop and focus, you know, on, on even what I have right now.
0: You know, it's interesting as you were just sharing that, I just got this vision of, of an old VCR. And I feel like, I just saw a a finger hitting the pause button and that was probably what we would define as 2020, right? Like hitting the pause button. And then so many people were just ready to hit the play button to like continue. Some people are hitting fast forward to like, I need to make up for that lost time. But I think what God is speaking through what you just said is, you know what? There's also a slow motion button and you need Mm -hmm. to hit that and take it all in and not just quickly get back to the hustle and bustle, but understand that there's value in the slow motion. There's value in the decluttering there's value in taking the time for a conversation being with your family being in the home placing that priority in investing in others and not just getting all the stuff that you have to get done accomplished man oh yeah i'm gonna be processing that that's that's really good dustin yeah that's me for that that's me for this year going after that we're gonna hit that slow motion button maybe maybe that's a that's a song in the making right there slow motion (laughs) let's go let's go play into the Uh. music (laughs) (laughs) man dustin it is always uh i feel like we could talk for another hour and a half and just not even scratch the surface so we're going to do this again really soon but man thanks for your time um just as we close out today man anything you want to say uh just as we continue to move forward into this new year and um You know, keeping that in mind, like decluttering and all the things that we've talked about, find the ancient paths. Man, it's so good. Uh, Anything else, man?
1: Yeah, I would just, you know, for this year, it's hard because there's so much pressure, you know, it's like and Mm. sometimes that's the hard part. It's like, what is it for the new? What is it for the new? And I think, you know, sometimes just like stop for a minute. Like take a breath. Who's determining that voice in your life? You know? Yeah. And who who's putting so much pressure on you? And sometimes we gotta pull back just a little bit and it, you know, and realize there's a there's a scripture in Psalm where David's like all oh, the enemies after me, and he's and he's he's at my doorstep and all this. And then he says this line that just wrecked me. It just says, But then I hear you say, You delighted me. And mm. and for me sometimes, like, you know, that's like what? That's not what I need to hear right now. <laughs> like, what are you yeah. talking about? And and in the middle of the questions and in the middle of the frustration, in the middle of the fear, he's still whispering, I delight in you. And you're mm. like, that's not what I need right now. I need you to say, you know, I'm gonna be with you and destroy your enemies or Right. Give me a and, war strategy. <laughs> yeah, right. And and just the fact that he delights in you, like the whisper of delight, should overwhelm every roar of the enemy. You wow. know? And and that's where I think if you can settle in that you know it's not about stopping and not doing anything that's not true rest true rest is trust and i think that this is going to be that year of of rest and trust you know for mm. people and and just believing that as they pour into families god's actually going to give them business on the other side of it or he's going to give them more success on the other side because they're focusing on what's right you know and seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness or his right ways and all these things will be added to you you know, come on. And uh, the only other thing I'd say is, you know, get Curtis's book, uh, Worshipology. <laughs> it's ama- it's amazing. Oh, I, man. Know Cur- I know Curtis. I know you're not you going to get later. on and say it. I know you're not going to get on and say it yourself. <laughs> but I thought about it this morning, man. I was like, it's such a good book, and it's oh, such man, a tool you. for people to be able to utilize and equip with. And you know, mm. I know you're not going to. I know you're not going to puff it up and and you know promote it all the time. And it's just <laughs> such a good resource. I don't ever want to lose the you know, that this is all birthed out of your heart for that. Mm. And so it's a, it'd be a great book for people to get, get for your teams and be able to take your teams through it. And it's, it's a great reset. I mean, it is the ancient path. Some of the things you talk about in there really wow. uh, focuses on that, you know, on what is that oh, man. and how do we get back to the heart of that? So um, I appreciate you brothers. Thanks for letting me be a part of this. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.